0: I've been around a lot of suffering this week. Uh, I went to um, a funeral, an unexpected funeral of uh, a dad of a guy I got to disciple and walk a lot of life with. Uh, uh, He pinged me on Saturday night late last week and said, pray for my dad, it's going to be a rough night, I think. And then I woke up to his second text, which said, my dad passed away. Uh, Turns out from a blood clot that quickly took his life. Uh, I I think many of us are suffering um, trials of many kinds, whether it be a loss of a loved one, uh, an unmet expectation, uh, the void of a, a spouse that you do not have, a child that you long for but don't have. Uh, Maybe even sometimes your suffering is connected just directly uh, with your election, your your following of Jesus, like uh, many of the followers that Peter is writing to, that because they are his, they are now suffering, living a life that is different than those who live around them. This morning, I I just want to, I kind of want to just get into the weeds of these verses for a little while. Uh, we may even lose our place in them a little bit because Peter, when he writes, he, he's kind of like Samuel Johnson meets uh, Paul. He's got these long kind of flowy sentences and uh, they all come together with, with great points, but they're, they're twisty, they're turning, there's lots of clauses, they're connected to this idea there. And then uh, they'll go back to that idea there and all this sort of thing. So I just kind of want to get in the weeds for a little bit in verses 3 to 9. And then I want to emerge and say, gosh, this really matters, particularly for those who are suffering or grieved now, or for those who are around someone who is suffering or grieved now, or for those of us who at one point will be suffering or grieving so let's get in the weeds, and then we'll talk about kind of how this really matters in sadness, grief, and suffering. Uh, verse 3 of chapter 1, and uh, again, please bring your Bibles. We have a guide uh, for each of us to get into the Scriptures throughout the week, uh, Living Stones. Uh, Bring your Bible. If you don't have one, you can take one as a gift. Um, Bring your journal. If you don't have a journal or something to write on in in case the Lord says something to us in the scriptures this morning, uh, you can uh, grab a journal for free. We've got those as gifts as well. Verses three to five, we'll get into these weeds a little bit right here. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, blessed be God, you you are amazing, all blessing you deserve, all praise and worship you deserve. You are our God, you're our Lord, you're King, but also your Father. And you're not uh, just our Father, you're the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's according to His great mercy that He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, The thing that drives our great God and Father to bring salvation to us through Jesus, the thing that drives it, did you catch it according to his great mercy, the the engine of his action, the the kind of core of his character that is uh, moving this movement of salvation towards us, this election of us, this running down of us who are orphaned to make us sons and daughters, the thing that moves him is his mercy. That, that he wants to give us what we don't deserve and, and withhold from us what we do deserve. He, he, he wants to take the punishment we deserve and put it on his son and, and give us the great graces and the righteousness of his son. What a merciful God. His mercy drives him. How much mercy? Great mercy. Great mercy. He has caused us to be born again. He, our God and Father, the the first cause of our life, our birth, and our salvation. And every moment in between, driven by His mercy, caused by Him, He is kind and good over all things. And we'll see even our suffering. He caused us to what? To be born again. Born again. Now, you, you can picture here Peter. Remember who Peter is as he writes to uh, these exiles who've probably been cast out of Rome by Claudius. And, and they've lost all their stuff. And now they're uh, entering the modern-day Turkey to kind of resettle. And they find themselves there. They're hated there, too. And, and, and the whole time, you know, they're, they're, they're trudging along as elect exiles. Born again. Made new. Peter says, you are born again. All things new in your life. You're like a, a little baby with that soft skin right at birth, brand new, new purposes, new affections, new life. And, and remember, it's Peter who's writing this, right? And Peter, one of the three closest of Jesus' followers. You can almost picture him when he uses this terminology, born again. You can almost picture him kind of uh, eavesdropping on Jesus and Nicodemus when Nicodemus came at night in John chapter 3, where Jesus says, You can't enter eternal life. You can't enter the kingdom of God unless you are born again of the Spirit who resurrects you to newness of life. And Peter says, that's us, (laughs) born again to a living hope. Uh, To a hope that's alive, to a hope that's sure, to a hope that is alive because of the resurrection of Jesus, that that we know we will live forever. We have a living hope that will go on forever just like the resurrection of Jesus when He raises us to newness of life at His return. We have a living hope, but it's not just a living hope for salvation to come later. It's a living hope that's alive today. that, That is vibrant and brings life and hope and peace and security and purpose, today, alive now. When everything feels dead, particularly if you're suffering or grieving or in sadness, a living hope, alive and effectual through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into what? Is our living hope an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you? An inheritance. We're heirs with Jesus in His resurrection. Uh, He uh, has stored up for us a salvation, an inheritance that that has uh, no due date on it. It it will never expire. It's imperishable. It's undefiled, pure, and perfect. It's unfading, never to go away, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time guarded we guarded by God himself beware of dog you've seen the signs <laughs> beware of God who guards us God himself guarding us and keeping us for our inheritance Guarding us through our faith that he has given us is now guarding, and he will guarantee uh, at his return for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And then the kind of verses turn on this emotion in this you rejoice, looking back at all these things. In this we rejoice. Saying, I am His. I'm His by His great mercy, by what He's done, the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's now become my God and Father by grace, the one who's guarding me, the one who's keeping my inheritance, uh, the one who has secured my salvation. I am His. And I rejoice in it, even though I don't feel it at times in my life. What is true in my election has to fight what I feel in my exile. In this you rejoice. Here comes the contrast, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Though And the contrast is not a, a contrast of, of what we thought was true of us. It's not though you thought you were his uh, chosen. You thought you were his sons and daughters. You thought you had this mighty inheritance. It's not a contrast of who we are as uh, God's people because of all of who he is. He has made us all of who we are. It's not a contrast to that. It's a, it's a contrast to time and, and situation and circumstance which feels opposite of this. Though now. For a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. A little while, a season. It feels like these things are not true. Though now you're in this season where you're grieved, there's sadness over the brokenness of maybe even your own sin or the brokenness of this world or in their case primarily the, the brokenness of what is brought on them because of their obedience to Christ, their proclamation of Christ, their living for Christ. Though now in this season, if it's necessary in God's good plan, you've been grieved by various trials. So that purpose The tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire. Purpose may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though now we're grieved, there is a purpose behind it. There's a testing, a genuineness of your faith. And and, and just as gold is melted by fire and and all the imperfections rise to the top and, and are skimmed off, so suffering and pain purifies. And in a sense, validates or shows genuine our faith. And notice, this is a faith that was gifted to us by God, is now being guarded to, uh, by God, and will be guaranteed by God. It's the, the very thing uh, He has given us, is protecting in us, and, and, and will consummate in us at the return of His Son. Now, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-10 to 10 says, For it's by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this not from yourself. It's a gift of God. He he gave us our faith. And we just read he guards our faith in times of trials. And and now he's proving the genuineness of our faith even through suffering. See, pain will either purify our faith like gold or petrify our hearts. He says, would your faith be shown genuine as you keep coming back to him as you grieve. And and, and notice where faith ends. May may it be found to result in our faith, right? Would our faith result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus? See, all faith is from the beginning of of our faith in Christ to the end of clinging to faith in Christ is, is trust is reception, is embrace of Jesus. (laughs) It's where our faith ends, resulting in praise, glory, honor at the revelation of Jesus. Though we suffer, though we suffer, it results in praise. Because here's what happens. (laughs) At the end of that season, 573 years later when we're looking back there's praise and honor and glory not because we held strong or or we got so much faith or or we, we kept it together praise and honor and glory of our Lord Jesus who held us of our Lord Jesus who was with us of our Lord Jesus who redeemed even that suffering and trial praise to him The one, though we have not seen him, we love him. And though we don't see him now, we believe in him and rejoice with joy that's inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Uh, Peter is writing this to those who hadn't seen Jesus, us who haven't seen Jesus. And he says, I walked with him. I know him, I saw him, I loved him, I believed in him, but man, you've not even seen him and you love him amazing you you don't even see him now, but you believe in him and you rejoice in a joy that's inexpressible and even in this suffering, your pain is producing more intimacy with him and more maturity in him notice the words there they're they're intimate words they're they're their feely, their affectionate words, we, we love Him, we, we believe in Him, we, we rejoice in Him, we, we're embracing Him uh, through, through suffering, which really only what pain and suffering and grieving can do takes us so much more deep in our intimacy, our love and our embrace of our Savior who meets us even in the depths of our pain. Pain produces intimacy and maturity. You know, James will say back in James chapter 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work that you might be mature and complete. The season is being used by God in His grace to deepen our intimacy with our Lord and our maturity with Him. That one day when the season is over and all of eternity, we might look back and praise our God who even met us in that. The first verses, three to five, tell us, I am his. These verses, I think, say, today is not always. Today is not always. He saved us, he's saving and holding us now, and he will save us, salvation to come. Today is not always, this is a season two. Might we be a people who take what's true in our election and have it counter what we feel in our exile? I think these two things that that emerge out of the soil of this passage, uh, I am his and today is not always, are the, the very things that we need to know when we're suffering or grieving or in sadness or those around us are. I am his and today is not always. I think this is what we need to know and those around us need to know When we are suffering or are in pain, this is why it matters. I am His. Another way to say that is God brought salvation in my life. (laughs) He made me His. He attached me to the source of life itself, which is Himself, our God and Father, who I was separated uh, from a relationship with. He's now embraced me as His own. Where I was not a people, now I'm a people. Where I was in exile, now I'm family. Where I was uh, disobedient and unrighteous, I've now made, been made righteous in the blood and purification of Christ. Uh, salvation has come, it's another way to say it. Uh, uh, the prophets and the angels long for this salvation Peter said verses 10 and following he said concerning the salvation that you are his you belong to him through Christ the prophet who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully they're, they're talking about this salvation to come in Isaiah 53 and Jeremiah and all these other places and they're saying I wonder who we're talking about they didn't quite know and they longed for that salvation to come they prophesy about grace. they're moved by the Spirit, even as Peter will say, these uh, apostles writing the very words of Scripture are now moved by the Spirit, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. They, they long to see Jesus, the one who is salvation, come to make us His by grace. Angels long. To see these things, the sufferings and the glories of the Savior. Listen to these verses. That it might sink from our head into our hearts that I am His. You can turn there with me if you would like. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. We'll kind of slowly go to each. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom to buy us back, to make us his, to say, that we could say, I am his. John chapter 17, verse 3. John 17, verse Verse 3. Jesus says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, God the Father, and the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If they could know you, be embraced by you, know who you are in your grace, that is eternal life. I am His, an intimate knowledge and relationship together with him. First John, chapter 5, 11 to 13. First John, chapter 5, 11 to 13. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you would know that you have eternal life. You have the Son. You are His. He is yours. This is eternal life. John chapter 1, verse 12. Talking about Jesus when he comes to earth and and people reject him and cast him out. But then yet, John chapter 1 verse 12, yet to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I am his. (laughs) I am his. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 to 14. Let's go to this one. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation, and having believed in him, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. (laughs) I am his. Uh, It it is sealed. It is done by the work of the Spirit who who rose me to life and gifted me faith to trust in Jesus. Now guarding my faith and, and then my inheritance is sure, sealed, done. I'm his now and forever and always. It might not feel like it today, but I am his. Nothing can change that. Romans 8, 38 says, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present or things to come, nothing can separate us. I am His. So I was at this funeral on Thursday. And I kind of got a master class from Pastor Rick who was there on how to walk with those who are suffering. Because we're close to the family, I got to kind of be with him and them at multiple kind of intimate moments. And, and I saw people suffering, and I saw what I see in all of us often when we're suffering, is we want to suffer and do it right. <coughs> we want to suffer right, you know. Um, you'll hear people say, like, I, I want to believe, like, I know I should believe that, right, but I just don't right now. I want to suffer right. I want to go through this right. Or, or I'm I'm just trying to be more joyful in this. I know I got to be more joyful. I've got I just got to do this right. And we aim for joy, or we aim to keep it all together for the sake of people around us, or, or we try to have more belief than we have. And, and Pastor Rick, he's he's at the gravesite afterwards. A few of us are gathered there. Where Robert is being lowered into the ground and so earthy and we so we just remember gosh from dust to dust and and we're all crying and and Pastor Rick looks right at Robert's wife who's there weeping and and, and says it's going to feel like you're going down step after step after step into new depths of sorrows over the coming weeks and then he says but But you're going to go further than you thought, and then each time, Jesus is already going to be there. He's already going to be there with you. You don't have to do it right. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be more joyful. I'm told to rejoice, right? No, just keep clinging by faith to Jesus and let him know honestly what you're thinking and feeling, that you wish you believed that you'd see your husband again, but you just don't believe it right now. And he can hold you in that too. Don't pursue joy. Pursue Jesus. Don't pursue having it all together. Pursue Jesus in those moments. Keep holding him. Keep running back to him. Keep crawling back to him. Keep weeping your way back to him. You are his. You belong to him. There's nothing that can change that. And today is not always. Always. So for various trials of many kinds, for a little while. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. Even though you don't see Him now, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that's inexpressible, filled with glory, even through tears. Obtaining the outcome of your faith is salvation of your souls. Why? Because one day, we will see Him. One day you will see Him. You're suffering now, but you will see Him. I will see Him. And they will say, I was holding you then, I was walking with you then, and here I am now to make all things new. What's your favorite season? What's your favorite season? Uh, you know, and I spent what I call kind of my seven years of exile. I grew up here in Maryland and Howard County and then spent seven years in Dallas. Dallas, Texas has one season, hot and brown. That's it. Now, you know, but we'll come to the bus stop here and I'll, I'll stand at the bus stop um, and, and parents will, you know, all of us will do a, Ooh, it's just so cold. I wish it weren't so dang cold here. And then it'll be summer and we'll go, it is so sticky and hot. I hate this here. And then it's, it's raining, right? In the spring, oh my gosh, it's, it's raining, right? Like, and, and it's all these different seasons that hit here, right? What's your favorite season? Go ahead and think about it for a second. You can even share it with a person next to you. What's your favorite season? Uh, For me, it's fall. I love the fall. You get out the sweaters, the leaves are changing colors. I love the fall. No, it's probably spring. I love the spring. Uh, Because in the spring, I mean, uh, the uh, buds are popping out. I mean, things are turning green again. New life is flourishing. I'm like, oh man, it feels good to be uh, alive. But I love summer. Because you get to go on some awesome trips with family and, or go camping or, or stay home and enjoy life together with a new rhythm. And, and, man, that's just a wonderful time. And it was so fun, man, when it snowed just a couple weeks ago. You got to throw some snowballs at each other and have a blast sledding. Every kind of season, it's got its own joy, its own purpose. You can't throw snowballs in the summer. And the Lord says, I'm taking this season, and it it flat out stinks, and it's terrible, and it hurts, and you long for it to be over, and that's totally good. (laughs) I I think often Jesus is longing, I think, with us, weeping with us for that season to be over, too. But he knows what we don't know is one day it will be fully over, and, man, we're going to overflow The buds and the flowers and the popping of new life and resurrection when salvation comes in Christ. All of our seasons end in eternity and eternal glory. Of the best parts of summer and spring and winter and fall. When all is made new and right. Peter ends his letter with this truth, this reminder that today is not always he says in chapter 5, verse 10, after you have suffered a little while, same phrase, the God of all grace who's called you to His eternal glory in Christ, our salvation, will Himself, the God Himself, who Himself was guarding you for this day, will now Himself, the first cause of all things good, will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Living hope in the truths of the good news of the gospel that I belong to him. And today is not forever. Uh, This matters in real suffering. Because pain often produces lies. Pain often produces lies of what's untrue about you and untrue about your God. What's untrue about me and what's untrue about my God. And your pain, I know, is, is not my pain. Our, our pains are different. Uh, yours are uh, maybe possibly deeper than mine, but they're definitely different, Right? Our pains are all different. Our seasons of pain and suffering are all different. The, the people that we're walking along as they are suffering sadness and grief is all different. And there's no right way to, sing, uh, uh, to suffer. Uh, one of my favorite books on suffering, how to walk with people who are suffering, I've mentioned it multiple times, is Don't Sing Songs to a Heavy Heart. It's this little book, Don't Sing Songs to a Heavy Heart, by uh, Kenneth Ga- uh, Haug. It's fantastic. But see pain often produces lies. And it's in these moments that we need to remember the truth that I am his and today is not always. In gentle ways, in kind ways, uh, in man, wise ways, often mostly just through listening and presence, we, we, we can help others remember. That they belong to Him, they are His, and that this season too will pass as He meets us in our grieving and our suffering and and walks with us to to 570,000, 80,000 years from now when we look back together in glory. See, this matters when you cannot have a child. a biological child, and you just say, Lord, what are you doing? And you believe lies about who he is and about who you are. Is it because of something I did? Are you, like, punishing me for this? Is it because you don't care? You're not listening? And he says, I sent my only son to make you my child. I'm listening. I love you. I'm with you. I'm not doing anything to punish you. I'm I'm carrying you. I'm walking with you in the sadness. I'm even weeping with you. I, I, I am doing a deeper, longer, harder work together, even in redeeming this awful suffering and pain and void. And a living hope over time springs up and doesn't feel jolly all the time. But as we walk with him in the truth that we are his, and today is not always until he returns. Uh, See, this matters when you don't have the spouse that you want and long for because you're single or married. And pain produces lies. Am I not good enough? Am I not living up to what you want? Why are you doing this? Or, or do, Are you not listening? Do you not know? Or do you not uh, know the loneliness I feel uh, in this marriage or in this singleness? Do you not know, Lord? And he says, I know. I hung alone on a cross that, that we might embrace. That you never be alone. This matters when you're suffering injustice and someone has harmed you in the past and and man, you cannot shake the effects and the impact of it today. And pain is producing lies and you have to remember even in the midst of someone else's sin and how it impacted your life that you have a God who's made you His and He is walking with you today into forever. When your health is failing or when you can't just get ahead in life, This matters. My buddy whose dad passed away, he posted this. And just a couple days ago, he says, many of you know, but just to update everyone, my dad passed away pretty suddenly Saturday night. He was a great and a good man who loved Jesus and his family and his friends so well. I'm devastated and so, so very heartbroken. Thank you for your prayers, especially for my mom and also for my brother. What I wouldn't give for one more talk or hug with my dad today. But I'm so thankful that in Christ and because of Jesus, I'll be able to have that one more and many more than that in the world to come. What a hope. I love you, Dad. Thanks for always telling me how proud of me you were. I will miss hearing you say that. And I'm honored to bear your name. I am his by grace. You are his by grace now, tomorrow, and forever by grace child. And today is not always. There will be a season when he returns, the one you have not seen, you will see. I will see, and we will embrace him and be made just like him. He gives us this reminder every week. He says, that pain is telling you a lie that you don't belong to him, that you're left outcast and alone, unheard of by your God. He says, no. My son was left alone. My son was hung on a cross that you and I, we would never be alone. We are his. And our hope is not that just Jesus died, his body was broken, his blood was spilled, but that he resurrected to newness of life, that he said, you don't see me now, but you will see me because he is alive. Carrying us now in our salvation to our salvation to come when he returns and makes all things new. And we look on today, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900, 000 years from now in glory. And we praise Him as He holds us forever. He redeems our suffering. He proves the genuineness of our faith that He has given, He's guarded, He's he's gifted, and now He guarantees and holds. So if you're in Christ, man, would you settle into these truths this morning? If you're suffering, would you settle into these truths this morning? You are His. Today is not always. And He'll carry you. He's there at the bottom of those steps. If you're not in Christ, let me tell you, you're alone in your suffering. You're alone in your suffering if you're not in Christ. So call out to Him this morning. And trust in Him never be alone again. Let's take and eat and rejoice. What a Savior we